just a quick disclaimer. This podcast contains some adult material, so listener discretion is advised. All right. Who should I? Should we just do paragraph by paragraph? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you like to start? Okay, I'll start, yes. <clears throat> okay. Beloved perverts, since time immemorial, porn has established itself as a visual medium more than anything else. But what of the sound of skin against skin, the rustle of sheets, the squeaking of bed springs, the soft moans of a lover, the excited squeals of a one-night stand, the muffled sighs heard through the wall from the flat next door, the satisfying smack of a paddle on a bare bottom. We believe that sex is an oral experience as much as anything else. But we want to go one step further. We don't just want to get you excited, we want to share our stories as well. This is where titillating audio porn becomes more. It becomes intimacy right in your ears. Welcome to Audiophiles. So far in this podcast, we've explored what audio porn is and how it stands out from all the other porn that's out there. We also looked at what effects it could have on mental health. In this third and final episode of the series, we are going to take you to the back of the microphone and answer the question you've all been asking. We know you've been wondering, are they actually banging on tape? Well, Sasha, answer the question. Is audio porn real? Are we actually listening to people having intercourse on tape? So, as we briefly mentioned in the first episode, it really is a spectrum. There's different types of content, and the beautifully written manifesto that you heard at the beginning of this episode is written by Dick and Venus. As you might have guessed, these are not their real names. He's a documentary filmmaker and she's a journalist. And together, they created this platform called Fuck Me In The Ear. And what they produce is really a documentary-style content. Which means they're actually having sex? Yes. The, the actual stories that you hear is actual people having actual sex and uh, or actual people actually masturbating in the bathtub or something. Um, and all the stories that you hear are true. Well, there you have it, folks. It, it is real. Well, yes, for this specific one, it is real. And uh, it's not just them. They recruit friends and other people that are open to tell the stories and share the bedrooms on the internet. And kind of what they shared is that giving them a recorder is actually much simpler than, than giving someone a video camera. It kind of lowers the bar for who can participate and who can share. It's just so easy, you know, you just like get an audio recorder, you're good to go, you can do anything with it, you can get really creative. Sometimes when you give people uh, an audio recorder, they open up in ways that they, you know, wouldn't normally. I think it's probably easier to forget that an audio recorder is in a room than a camera, because you don't have to worry about the way you look like, it's just how you sound, it's, it's kind of like more of a documentary kind of thing. And... It is truly authentic, not just because of the recorder in a room, but also because the whole process starts with a conversation. During that conversation, people who are participating actually talk about their personal kinks and desires and exactly what turns them on. They're not reading someone else's story, they're acting their own. We often actually usually start with getting people to think about what turns them on. Um, so when you introduce yourself to, to, to the group, you have to um, you know, mention a, a really sexy sound. And so people end up connecting through what they, they also find sexy. There's one group, for example, that just read 
a Bible verse and just kind of had like a bit of music and like a confession and uh, some like spanking sounds in the background. And it's like really beautiful produced. But for the platform that Dick and Venus have created, uh, keeping it kind of in a documentary and community style isn't only about keeping it fun and light. There's also an ethical consideration to it. Most people who I talk to say, oh, yeah, that sounds really great. I'd like to do that. We're not necessarily selling a podcast. We haven't monetized the podcast at all. People should pay for the porn and, and actors should get paid for, for their performing. Um, but the ethos around this is that these are real people who are doing it for fun. Um, so, yeah, you have to be willing to do something like this for, for just a, a bit of fun. So the key aspect in Dick and Venus's work is that all the contributions are made on a voluntary basis. But they do earn money with the workshops that they offer. So they held one at the London Film Festival or another one uh, in Zurich. And one of the participants at one of these workshops was Ollie, that you might remember from our second episode. She went to the workshop and that was one of the things that launched her into the world of audio porn. Yeah, we basically got to create these really cool sound bites. Um, mine was based around um, using a vibrator in public. So we created this scene of someone going to a coffee shop whilst vibrating um, and their partner was controlling the vibrator from home. So we had to, we had to create this experience um, through audio and we had like just the vibrator up to the microphone and someone slapping a, a belt against a hand that sounded like spanking. So that was a really cool experience to actually see what it looks like on the other side. Okay, so while there is actually real audio porn of people having sex, like Dick and Venus are doing, that's not the most common genre of audio porn out there. Most of the stuff that's being made is a bit more rooted in fantasy, and it's a bit more kind of made up with people making artificial sounds into a microphone. Yes, yeah, so there's a lot of people on the internet who sort of start off by writing erotic stories, and then gradually turn to audio to narrate them to the microphone. We've spoken to one of them. Um, it's a woman uh, who preferred to stay anonymous and she goes by the name of Girl on a Net. And she has been doing sex blogging full time for a while now. But she initially started with just writing erotic posts based on her own experience and then turned into audio for her blind readers. I'm an anonymous sex blogger, so I don't tend to give out any name other than Girl on the Net. Um, so I've been blogging there since 2011. And I, um, a few years ago, I had a, a reader, in fact, a couple of readers who um, basically mentioned that although my website itself is accessible to, um, to screen reading software, so for people who, who are blind or um, who have other visual impairments, using screen reading software to access my website, uh, the website itself works, but the erotic content is not very erotic when it's read aloud in a robot voice. Um, so the audio porn project was initially born essentially to try and make my website more accessible to more people. You could think of what Girl on the Net is doing as something in between the kind of documentary style that Dick and Venus is doing and the fully kind of fictional audio porn that's out there. While the stories she tell aren't real per se, they're based on her real experiences. Because most of what I'm writing is true, I do some erotic fiction, but the majority of the sexy posts I write are feature men 
and women that I've slept with or that I, you know, that I know in real life. And Girl Almanette also told us that because audio porn is really easy to make, I mean, her studio is just literally a computer and a mic in her bedroom. Because of that ease of production, it really lowers the bar for being able to interact with her readers and her audience and for taking requests, at least some requests. It all depends on how interesting the request is, though. <laughs> he suggested that my partner and I try having sex where we make eye contact and maintain eye contact for the whole time that we're having sex. I make eye contact with him, then drop my gaze to the open neck of my shirt, unbuttoning it with one hand and drawing the fabric down to expose myself. I'm not normally up for challenges like this because usually the kind of things people suggest, I'm like, oh, I've done it before. Here's a link. I'm not very good at making eye contact during sex. I, I find it a little bit awkward. I'm a bit, I'm way too British about it, I think. Um, but so we, we tried it and we did it and it was unbelievably hot. Like both of us said afterwards, like, oh my God. While we're kissing, I curve my hand around the back of his head and gently nudge him down past my neck to my nipples. And then I moan when he gets there to show him he's in the right place. So today, Galanette does what she does full time. She manages to get money um, from her blog and the audio porn that she makes from her listeners who can fund her through um, a platform called Patreon. She actually quit her full time job and only does that at the moment. But that's not the only thing that motivates her. The reason I started doing this is because I'm horny and I'm a pervert and I really like men. And so I de on a personal level, the thing that I enjoy most is knowing that there are men who are having a wank while they listen to my words. Like that's like boring, boring fact, but that is like my personal motivation for it. Um, that doesn't mean women aren't welcome. Like obviously I also enjoy it if women have a wank to my words. I would love to know like when I die, if I could get a little score counter that says, this is how many people had a wank to something you wrote. That would make me incredibly happy. <laughs> I wonder what that number might be. But then if what Girl on the Net is doing is kind of in between this raw documentary style and the purely fictitious audio porn that's out there, most of the stuff that's being made and put on the internet is just people making things up. Yeah, so one of those um, people is Vox XXX, a French-German company that is doing fully scripted content with actors in studios. All of the Vox episodes, they are, um, they are not real sex. It's, everything is uh, simulated. Everything that is uh, a bit experimental is always, uh, you know, keeping our creativity awake and, uh, and uh, turned on. This was Olympe Deji. She's the director and the founder of Vox. And something that she shared with us is that the reason for her creating the project was not just about getting people off, but also normalizing masturbation. That's also the reason why we created Vox in the first place. It's because um, female masturbation seems to be quite taboo. We thought it would be really nice to provide a website or just yeah content that makes it feel not only okay but also um, part of the well-being so looking into what vox does we've kind of come to the conclusion that everything does really sound a little better in french ce truc à toi qui t'excite à tous les coups 
So now that you're familiar with all the different types of audio porn that exists out there, there's one thing they have in common. You don't have to show your face. And when we talked to our two anonymous friends from the Reddit community Gone Wild Audio, they said that that was quite important. It, it really doesn't matter how you look or if you're comfortable with your own body, you can still participate and be an audio porn producer. As a performer, I've performed a couple of things on an alternate account. I think I'd say it's two major things. One is the lack of need for body confidence, because I, I definitely don't have any of that. And another is the fact that it's more anonymous. It's very easy to recognize someone from a picture or video of them, but from an audio recording, because people sound a bit different on different voice recorders anyway, you have a bit of leeway in which you can say, yeah, sure, it sounds similar to me, but that's not me. So there's the anonymity and the ease of accessibility to performance, really, I think I'd say. And also, it doesn't really feel like it's as much of a harsh criticism for someone to say they don't like my voice as to say they think I'm fat and ugly. I guess that's the really great thing about podcasts as well. So when we started out on this weird journey we've had with audio porn, we, we asked ourselves the question how we first came across porn. And, and for you and me, Sasha, they were, they were quite different. No, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, for me, it was, I, I was about 16 years old, I think. And, um, I was in all girls boarding school. Um, and one night, I don't know what kind of pushed me to it, but I just opened a website and I watched this video and I was so shocked. It was like a whole new world opened to me. You were scarred for life. <laughs> Not for, for me as well. It was, it was a formative experience of, I mean, sometime in probably in early grade school, where it was rumored that someone had a magazine that they hid out in the woods, and we we all biked out there, and we stood around in a circle and watched like a, a, a kind of rained out piece of paper. But after putting in the research that we've done for this podcast and talking to all these people in this crazy, fascinating industry of audio porn. Just can't help wonder that maybe if if I have kids or if you have kids somewhere down the line, <laughs> maybe maybe they'll discover porn by putting on headphones. Alright, that is a wrap, folks. Thanks for staying with us for three episodes. We've really appreciated your company. In this episode, you've heard clips from Galanet and Vox. And thank you to everyone that's agreed to talk to us for this podcast. We've had some really funny and very educational conversations. Thanks. This podcast is produced by Teresa Meinke, Asia Gopion, Alexander Jury, and my name is Sasha Tian. My name is Trigvul Rixenskogset. We hope this podcast has been a truly pleasurable oral experience. Would you face?